Chapter 36 of The Mermaid's Message and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeffrey Wilson, Ames, Iowa. Chapter 36 Nanny's Coat by Emma S. Law. Part 1 Children, would you like to know how the kindergarten balls got their jackets? Well, I will tell you of a little boy who went to see them made, and he found it so interesting that he wanted me to tell you all about it. Johnny was a little boy who lived in the country, and his papa kept many sheep. One day his papa came home and said, Johnny, Come out into the barn and see what I found down in the lot where we keep the sheep. Johnny left the little red and yellow and blue balls which he had been playing with and ran to the barn to see what it could be. He opened the door very carefully, and there in one corner, close by its mamma, was the dearest little lamb with such a pretty soft white coat. Johnny was delighted and asked his papa if he could have it for his own. His papa said that he might, and Johnny was so happy that he wanted to stay with it all the time. But his papa said, No, that would not do, for the little lamb must go back to the field with its mamma and grow large and strong like the other sheep. Johnny went nearly every day to see Nanny, as he called the little lamb, and was surprised to see how fast she grew. The little white coat grew so thick and woolly that when Jack Frost came in the fall, Nanny had a nice warm blanket to wear. One day the next spring, when the trees were all dressed in their beautiful leaves and the meadows were green with grass and dotted with yellow dandelions, Johnny said, Papa, the weather has grown so warm that I cannot wear my overcoat any longer and some days I cannot even wear my jacket. I should think that Nanny would be very warm with all that wool on her back. Yes, said Papa, it is time to take it off. So the next day, Papa took her into the barn and laid her on a table that looked much like our kindergarten table. Now Nanny did not know what was to be done with her, and she tried to get down but Papa held her very firmly and carefully with his left arm, while in his right hand he held a great pair of shears. Do you think they were like Mama's shears? No, they were very large and queer, with short broad blades, and were always open except when Papa squeezed them, and then they would cut. Clip, clip, went the big shears, so fast that soon Nanny's coat was all cut off, and she was allowed to jump down from the table and run back to the meadow where her mamma was. How she did run and caper in the warm sunshine. She felt so cool and nice. Papa, said Johnny, where shall we keep Nanny's coat so that she can have it when Jack Frost and Old Winter come again? Oh, said his papa, Nanny will have a new coat then. The wool will grow and grow all summer, just as your hair does, and by the time she needs it, her coat will be nice and warm. 
and this fleece must go to the mill to be made into yarn and cloth, so that my little man can have a new coat and some warm stockings to wear next winter. Johnny thought it very wonderful that next winter he would be wearing Nanny's coat. He wished that he might go to the woolen mill and see how it was made into yarn and cloth. So Johnny's papa said that he would take him to the mill and let him see how many things must be done to the fleece before it could be made into a coat. The next morning, Johnny was up bright and early, and when he came downstairs, he found that Mama had breakfast all ready and that the horse and light wagon were at the door. So as soon as they had eaten their breakfast and kissed Mama goodbye, they started with Nanny's coat for the woolen mill. Part 2 It was a beautiful morning when Johnny and his papa went to the woolen mill, and they found everyone so busy there that Johnny thought he would not bother them by asking many questions. So he kept his eyes wide open to see all he could, and listened to all that his papa said. When Nanny's wool was carried to the foreman of the mill, he said that it was a very fine fleece, and told Johnny that he might go through the mill and see what was to become of it. First they went into a room where some women were washing wool in large tubs, and although some of the wool was very dirty when put into the tub, it soon became pure and white. Then it was laid out on cloths in the sunshine to dry. After that it was picked to pieces until it was as light and fluffy as a great white snowbank. Johnny felt like jumping right into the middle of it, as he did into the snowdrifts in the winter, but of course he knew that that would not do. Then the wool was carried into a room where some women sat with queer things in their hands which Johnny thought looked like wire hairbrushes, only they were longer and had handles on the sides. These women would take a little of the wool on one of these brushes, and then brush it back and forth from one brush to the other until it was very soft, and then brush it off in such a way that it was made into a little roll about as long as Johnny's arm and no longer around than his thumb. These little rolls were laid side by side very straight, and others laid on top until there was quite a pile of them. Then a boy carried them into the next room, where there were a great many large wheels, which Johnny's papa said were spinning wheels, and by the side of each wheel was a high post, and on this post there was a little wheel. Then around this big wheel, and reaching over and around the little wheel, was a band of leather. These wheels, with the band of leather, reminded Johnny of his mama's sewing machine, only they were very much larger. A woman was standing by each of these wheels. One of them beckoned to Johnny to come nearer, and then she showed him how the little wheel went very fast when she took hold of the big wheel and gave it a whirl. Then the woman picked up one of the little rolls of wool and touched something which Johnny had not noticed before. It was a little rod of iron or steel about as large as a slate pencil, and it seemed to be connected in some way with the little wheel, for when the wheels turned round this little rod turned even faster than the little wheel. This rod was called the spindle, and it, too, made Johnny think of his mama's machine, the part where she puts the bobbin when she winds thread. And what do you think? 
When the woman turned the big wheel and touched the spindle with the roll of wool, she pulled the wool out into a long thread, and the spindle, turning around so fast, twisted it and made it so strong that Johnny could not break it. Then, as she walked back toward the spindle and turned the big wheel back in the opposite direction, the thread was wound on the spindle and another bit of wool was twisted into a long thread or yarn, and so on until all the little white rolls were spun into one long thread. Next, it was reeled off, that is, unwound from the spindle onto something called a reel. Johnny thought it was a small windmill with its arms extended to hold the yarn instead of to catch the wind. When taken from the reel, it was in a skein, just like the pretty white yarn that Mama bought at the store to make baby sister's mittens of. But this woolen thread was to be used for another purpose. It was not to be left white, but was taken to the dye shop, where part of it was colored red, part blue, part yellow, and some was colored orange, some green, and some violet. Then Papa led Johnny into a room where some girls sat around baskets of rubber balls. Here, too, he saw such beautiful skeins of wool, just the colors of his dear little kindergarten balls. Red, yellow, blue, green, orange, and violet, so that the room looked almost as though it was full of rainbows. Johnny wondered what these girls were doing, and as he watched them he saw that each of them had a crochet hook and that they were making jackets for the little balls. Johnny was so delighted that he would have liked to stay a long time, but his papa said that they had spent such a long time in the mill already that they had better just step into the weaving room for a few minutes and then hurry home. So they went to the weaving room and there they found lovely soft woolen threads which had been colored a pretty dark blue, from which men were weaving beautiful cloth to be made into jackets and cloaks for little boys and girls. Now, said Papa, we must go, and perhaps some day we may come again. Johnny then thanked the man for letting him go through the mill, where he had seen so many wonderful things, and the man asked Johnny to come again. For, said he, you have been very quiet, and have not touched anything or bothered any of the people who are working, so I can trust you to come again. As soon as Johnny got home and had told his mamma all that he had seen, he ran out to the meadow to tell Nanny and to thank her for the lovely wool which she had given him, and then he gave her a nice lump of sugar, which she ate, nodding her head meanwhile as if to thank him for it. Then he happened to think of a little sleigh bell that Santa Claus brought him on Christmas. So he ran to the house and asked Mama if she would not fasten it to a bright red ribbon to tie around Nanny's neck, so that he should always know where to find her. This Mama did, and when Johnny tied it around Nanny's neck, she seemed very proud and would shake her head as if she liked to hear the tinkle of the little bell. End of chapter 36 Recording by Jeffrey Wilson, Ames, Iowa.